Welcome to the Digital Brand Builder Podcast, where we bring you the best growth strategies from the world's experts to help build your business fast. And now, here's your host, Mark Fidelman. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Digital Brand Builder Podcast. Joining me today is Mickey Kennedy, and we're going to talk about press releases. Mickey's going to tell us how we could use press releases to improve our business. Does it sound like 1990? Maybe. What I'm curious, and I hope you are too, as to what you could do still with press releases. So with that, Mickey, welcome to the show and give us a little background about yourself. Great to be here. Um, so um, my name is Mickey Kennedy. Um, I uh, own and run uh, e-releases press release service. I started that uh, about uh, 23 years ago. And uh, I was working in uh, PR uh, about 25 years ago. And I was faxing stuff. And uh, we got requests from journalists who called and said, could you just email it to us uh, as a Word doc? So I, you know, light bulb went off and I was like, ah, email, press releases, e-releases. Uh, over the years, uh, we've partnered with uh, PR Newswire. So all of our releases go out uh, through them. It's a custom national distribution. And uh, basically, we just help small businesses, startups, and authors, uh, you know, leverage the news by uh, getting their press releases out uh, via email, as well as over the wire through PR Newswire. All right. So why should anyone care about press releases in this day and age? Because they work. Um, if you have a message that is newsworthy or resonates with the media, you can get amazing coverage. Um, we have a case study on our website from last year uh, during the pandemic. Um, someone started uh, a dining bonds initiative similar to the war bonds to help restaurants, local restaurants, uh, by selling basically a, a gift certificate at 50% face value, a way to get revenue into uh, restaurants that were closed at the time. And uh, they got over 150 articles. And we're talking Wall Street Journal, New York Times, uh, all the big food magazines and uh, publications, as well as the international uh, media pickup as well. Um, they they ended up selling millions of dollars worth of these, uh, uh, you know, dining bonds and helping out a lot of restaurants. You couldn't replicate that with paid advertising, or if you did, it would cost you probably hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars to get the kind of uh, traffic and exposure that they got. Uh, you know, uh, for and it would look it was, like it's a paid ad too. It's not. It doesn't look as organic as getting somebody from the Wall Street Journal to pick you up. Correct. So, you know, when the Wall Street Journal uh, talks about this great new thing, people get excited about it. They click through, they see what local restaurants that they used to go to that are participating and they buy, uh, you know, they, 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 they uh, contribute. And that's often what happens uh, from traffic that comes from earned media. Uh, people very rarely open a new window and do price shopping and saying, can I get it cheaper on Amazon? They generally have that goodwill that was created from the original article and they want to do business with that company. Uh, so my clients find that when they do get media pickup, uh, you know, they're usually the, the most profitable and most loyal type of customers. Oh, they totally are. It's more organic. They're searching for them. It's a lot better. And they've got like a third party validation um, and, somewhat of a, a social proof that it's it's worth 
worth looking at or at least buying. So, but walk me through the mechanics. Okay. So I, I create, do you help create the, the press release or do you expect your clients to create the press release? We offer press release writing um, and generally our clients, when they're new, may um, want us to write the release initially. Once they see what a press release is, most people feel pretty comfortable taking over and writing it themselves uh, after that initial release. They're pretty uh, boring, objective uh, material. It's, it, you know, there's not a lot of art to a press release uh, by design. You're basically providing the blueprint, the actual information that hopefully a journalist will turn into an article. That being said, you really want to spend, you know, most of your time on the headline and opening sentence and paragraph because that's you know, whether you get, you know, picked. Uh, journalists look at the newswire by uh, uh, press release headline um, first, and then they'll click through to determine if, you know, this article, this press release is relevant to them. So, uh, you know, the, the job of the headline is to get someone to click deeper. And uh, the same thing with that opening sentence. Uh, you want to provide as much information as you can. If you are going to use, you know, some, uh, you know, great language or, or be, uh, you want to be creative, you know, you can do that with a quote. I always say that a powerful quote can often save you in an article uh, because a lot of times when, um, my clients will issue a press release. Uh, they, they might find themselves with the managing editor saying, why are you mentioning this small company I've never heard of? And they'll just cross them out and the article will go to press. But the company that inspired the article, the subject matter, uh, is, is no longer in the article. And that does happen. But if you have a very powerful quote, uh, that's a, a guarantee that you'll likely survive uh, that the managing editor's pen uh, and have your uh, name as well as that quote appear in the article. Ah, that's a good tip. I hadn't thought about that. I always include at least two, two quotes uh, in the press releases that we do. Okay. So let, let's continue down this road. So they create a good press release and there are, you know, I agree with the headline, the first sentence. I also think there's sometimes stats are appropriate. Anything that triggers the, the writer to say, okay, I can write about this and put it into a story that my audience will like that'll drive a lot of traffic. Because for them, it's about driving traffic. Sure. That's typically how they're measured these days. Uh, so what happens once they submit the press release on your service? Then what happens? Well, um, the release is uh, set up uh, and reviewed by our editors. And if there's anything missing or we notice something that's like egregiously wrong, uh, you know, we'll, we'll circle back. Otherwise, we'll schedule it for distribution. And all of our releases are scheduled uh, for uh, usually the next business day um, or a future date. Um, and then after the release goes out, you get a visibility report showing the release um, on PR Newswire. Uh, and then we have some additional syndication that takes place that we provide some reporting as well. Uh, that being said, you know, a lot of people get distracted by the syndication. That's basically just a copy of the press release on various websites like Yahoo and things like that. That's not really important. Uh, the, you know, the places that those press releases show up aren't visited by a lot of people. And that's not the ultimate goal of the press release. What we're hoping for is that a journalist or a blogger or a trade publication will actually write an article, uh, uh, you know, based off the press release. So it's an original article. Uh, it, it, it 
you know, it can spot, uh, highlight you or it could just mention you in passing or something along those lines. But, you know, that's that's the real goal. And sometimes that can happen really quickly. Sometimes it might take a few weeks to, you know, we've even seen a couple of months after a press release has gone out that an article appears. Okay. And are you doing anything differently than other press release services to ensure or at least help the chances of getting an article written? We are. Um, the first thing that we do is uh, we send the release to uh, specific journalists and bloggers and influencers that we feel it'd be relevant for. It's a very small send. It's anywhere from usually 200 journalists to as many as like 1,200. Um, but they're very specifically chosen uh, when we send them. And that's with our premium product, the PR Pro. Um, in addition to that, we're the only service um, for anything close to what we charge that's offering a custom national distribution over PR Newswire. Uh, PR Newswire charges about $1,000 to move a 500-word press release, and you can move a release through us for just a few hundred dollars that includes uh, a custom national distribution over PR Newswire. Um, when PR Newswire approached us years ago, uh, they they said, hey, why don't you move your releases over us? And I said, I don't think that my customers can afford a $1,000 service. Um, so, you know, we, we, we danced for a while to see if there was a way we could work together. And I actually ended up visiting um, their editorial office and discovered that they have an editorial team that works overnight for a breaking news story. Let's say uh, a Fortune 500 company has a recall or something happens in the middle of the night, there's editors there. They're not doing much. And so uh, that's why we set up our releases for next business day because the Newswire can get our releases ready and formatted and set up overnight so it's not costing them additional labor. So that's sort of like how we tried to create a win-win between the two of us. So we're the only one that's offering that custom national distribution for prices that are still affordable to small businesses and startups. Got it. Well, so far, uh, it sounds good. Let me ask you from the journalist perspective, are they really tuning into these things? I know you're emailing them, which is what a lot of PR people do. Uh, so that's good. But are they really checking the quote unquote wires to see uh, if they could find a story? Are those journalists still around? They are. Um, a lot of journalists uh, like the sophistication of the newswire because they can, for example, belong to the fashion feed and they get all the fashion press releases, but they can actually include or exclude stuff. So if you know they don't cover ready to wear or you know casual or retailers and stuff like that, they can just set up exclusions so that the feed looks very customized to them and is really only showing them releases that would be really relevant for them. So, uh, I, you know, my experience has been that, uh, you know, a lot of bloggers are uh, now part of the, the, the Newswire's offering, uh, and we're beginning to see some social media influencers, uh, you know, getting access to the wire and, you know, reporting as well. Because, for example, take the fashion industry, uh, there are a lot of influencers on Instagram that are a lot more powerful than trade publications. Uh, so, you know, and uh, the Newswire has been very accepting of, of social media in a way that they weren't 12 to 15 years ago. Uh, they weren't very accepting of bloggers, but you know, they've come around in both respects. All right. Well, uh, so you've got news, you got people tuning in, you're doing an email blast. What else uh, is causing journalists or bloggers or influencers 
to kind of look at your service or any press release service anyway, and turn that into some sort of uh, content? Is it, uh, is it making a comeback or has it always been strong and just getting a bad rap or what's your yeah. kind of thoughts on that? I, I think so. I think that people, there's been uh, ebbs and flow with press releases. Uh, there was a time where people did it for SEO because they believed that the syndicated replication of the press release helped their SEO. And it never did. And we always told people that that's just a distraction. Um, the Newswire is beginning to minimize the number of places that they syndicate to and, and lessen it because it's, it, it, it is sort of distracting, but, you know, around, you know, year 2000, 2002, 2004, it was like a cold war uh, between the press release companies trying to find more places they could syndicate a release out to. And, you know, there was a time where uh, you'd send a press release and they'd send you a report showing the same press release on three, 400 different websites. And, uh, you know, that really doesn't do anything for you. Uh, you're not going to get much traffic from that. And there was a belief that it would help your SEO and it doesn't. It, it, I don't think it ever really did. Um, so, you know, for what works, uh, regardless of, of what service you use, it really comes down to strategy. And, you know, most people can write a good release, but most press releases are about a subject that the media just doesn't care about. And yeah. that's where I'm trying to spend a little bit more time with my customers to get them to approach a press release more strategically. Um, you had mentioned stats earlier. Um, data is something the media loves. Uh, they love surveys, studies, statistics. If um, And I always tell people, if you're not newsworthy, you can put together a pretty good survey, whether it's your customers, your leads, or partnering with a small trade publication. Small trade publications uh, don't get a lot of notoriety. So if you're approaching them and say, can you send this survey to your members and I will co-brand you in a press release I'm going to be issuing over the Newswire, they get really excited about that. Um, and that gives you a little bit of credibility. So it makes it easier uh, with your results to to get some um, media attention. I always tell people when you're doing a survey like that, throw two or three little oddball questions in there. Sometimes even an open-ended question, like with a field, you know, for auto repair places, what's the weirdest thing you found in a customer's car? Uh, could be a boa constrictor. It could be grandma in an urn. And those type of things end up in articles, you know, top 20 bizarre things left in someone's uh, car when they were getting it repaired or something like that wow okay so how do you make it interesting you brought up a, a, an interesting point is how do you make it interesting to a journalist it's one thing for the headline right. there's another for the first couple of sentences but how do you know what's interesting to to journalists well, you, you kind of have to put yourself in the position of the journalist and think about they're acting as a gatekeeper. And is the content that you're sending out really going to be interesting to the readers or, or viewers? And uh, if it's not, can you repackage it? Or, you know, they, they call PR people spin doctors. Can you spin it in a way that is more intriguing or more interesting than what you in, uh, originally envisioned? And, uh, you know, sometimes it, it, it's just playing, uh, you know, playing with the angle of, of the press release. Uh, for example, if you're working on a new product or, or service and you feel like these are the best features, uh, 
you know, are they really relevant right now for the audience that it's going to? Uh, are those the features that would excite them? What would excite them? Or, you know, uh, they, well, and, how do you, you find know, that out? You have to know your industry and you have to be willing to put something together that uh, speaks to your industry. Uh, sometimes you can, you know, psychoanalyze your industry. Um, we, we, we've done that before where we try to figure out what the blind spot is, uh, what no one's talking about. Uh, we did this with a local carpet company in New Jersey uh, that signed up for a year campaign with us. And I had told them that I did not think a local carpet company in New Jersey was going to get any media attention. And five months into it, I was exactly right. And, uh, you know, uh, we were talking and brainstorming and they told me that their biggest enemy was the home improvement, big box stores. And so I was like, tell me more about that. And they told me how they actually market against them and how difficult it is. And, you know, why it's frustrating work, you know, with, with them as the, the big enemy. And uh, what we did is we put together a press release that sort of did the David versus Goliath talking about marketing. And they got picked up in over 10 floor trade publications. We didn't even realize there were that many out there. And they got uh, offers uh, for more articles uh, and press releases saying, uh, send us more. We uh, One uh, outlet said, anything about marketing, we'll take it. Our people really just love this. And nobody had been talking about marketing. And these trade publications didn't realize that that was something that their audience was really receptive to. And so they ended up getting a lot more attention, uh, you know, just doing releases on marketing. So, you know, is there something in your industry that, that's going ignored that you could perhaps fill or be that person? Uh, you know, in this case, uh, they were actually offered a marketing column in one trade publication. They didn't end up doing it because they didn't want to pay me to write it's the articles for them. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, and money, yeah. Right. But what they did with that is they they uh, ended up getting local news coverage as well uh, and uh, several New Jersey uh, magazines. And they put together a big binder. So when they go give a quote, they used to always try to be two to three percent less than what they think Home Depot or Lowe's is going to quote someone. They come in 10 percent higher now and they close about 20 percent more uh, by, by saying, here's a binder of us. As you can see, we've been recognized by all these national floor trade publications, local uh, magazines, local newspaper. And, you know, no one else around here has the reputation that we have. We put in great padding, which Home Depot and Lowe's don't. Uh, our um, installers are salaried people with benefits and they'll be here in six weeks. They'll be here in six months. And Lowe's and Home Depot don't know who will be installing your floors tomorrow. And and yeah. so that's worked really well for them. And they call that book the big brag book. And they take it with them and it's, they say it's just created, you know, so much revenue for them and breathing room because instead of coming in under the big box home improvement stores, they can now... Uh, come in above and then they know, they know that they're doing a better job. Yeah. I, I think you've touched on something differentiation. That's important, but also spinning that into a story I find is important. And if you could find something that's more of a relevant uh, story, that's maybe tied to politics in a way, uh, although I try to avoid politics mm -hmm. or something socially that's happening, that's big. If you can just tie it to those subjects that are on people's minds at the time, and you could do so quickly, 
that you can get some uh, quick p- press hits. Uh, right. But there's an there's an art and a science to this, and there uh, is unless, unless you're like really dedicated to doing it, which is why we have professional PR people. It, it could be frustrating the first couple of times when no one picks up your story. Right. When you were talking about, you know, joining a trend or something like that, uh, the important thing for you is when everybody's talking about, for example, Target had that big credit uh, breach uh, a few years ago, everybody who was involved in security consulting uh, offered solutions was sending out a press release and they were just joining the conversation with the same thing. And so I, I feel like if you're, going to do that, do something that elevates the conversation, change it a little bit. Talk about how uh, mom and pop retailers might be uh, suffering from the same uh, possible consequence and what they can do to shore up. You know, t- try to add some layers to it and, and uh, you know, deepen the conversation and then you'll stand a better chance. Another thing that works really well, if you're willing to do it in your industry is be contrarian. Uh, you know, when everybody's talking, you know, zigging and and it's easy to find a quote from someone who just agrees with everyone else. But, you know, if, if you're saying something completely different, uh, a lot of journalists will include you in the conversation because they want to be fair and balanced and cover both sides. Uh, I always say, you know, have a reasonable argument, uh, you know, come across as, as well reasoned for your contrarian view. And you can really stand out in a lot of different industries. You just don't want to take a position that could alienate your customers or potential customers yeah okay good well um have we not covered something that you think is important for people to know not just about issuing press releases but about getting press uh that we haven't talked about well um i i think that one of the things is uh why do so many press releases fail i would say about you know more than 80 percent of the press releases that i issue do nothing uh the syndicated reports that they get is the only media pickup that they get and i i think it's because you know, the people aren't digging deep and trying to come up with something that's strategically important or newsworthy. And, you know, we get a lot of press releases that look like they've been approved by committee, uh, a new hire uh, in in the HR department, uh, a, a refresh to a mobile website, things that you know, probably their own customers don't care very deeply about. So you certainly aren't going to have readers of a publication really caring about it. So I always, you know, say to, to, to really try to get deep and strategic and think of things that you can do that potentially, uh, you know, could make you stand out. Um, and, and, you know, some of those are, 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 you know, what we mentioned about the stats, the being contrarian, um, you know, the, the news jacking where you, you you ride a trend and things like that. But, you know, research in your own industry is extremely important. And I always tell someone, if you don't know your industry very well, uh, you, you're, you're doing your, you and your company a disservice because you really have to know where you stand in the industry, both from your USP unique selling proposition, as well as, you know, uh, what's what's the trend? What's going on in the industry? And uh, you know that that goes with for everyone. And it also sort of you know 
get you in a position where if you see a trend lining up, you can get out there first and you'll have a much better chance of, of getting some uh, media coverage when you're joining a new conversation where you, you're one of the few voices at that, at that time. Yeah, one of the things, uh, and I like to give out tips as well that have worked for me in the past, is um, looking at sites, I think it's called BuzzSumo or AppSumo, but uh, looking at what's trending and what, what's really moving the needle and, and using those articles to create your own, uh, that's been a hack of mine that's worked for a long time. Also mentioning influencers or celebrities, either in the headline or in the article themselves that somewhat relate to what you're doing uh, without making it look like, you know, they're endorsing your product or something. Those are the types of things that, that draw eyeballs too. So you have to put yourself, and you already said this, Mickey, you have to put yourself in the journalist position of, okay, I've got unlimited topics I could talk about within my, my niche. Why would I choose you? Well, it better be because you're going to drive a lot of views by your uh, press release that you're putting out there, not a refresh of a mobile site. Nobody's going to care about that, right? But if you've invented a new phone or an app that, uh, you know, cures cancer, (laughs) well, yes, they're going to pick that up and they're going to pick it up immediately. So think of in those terms instead of what's beneficial to you. Because you can always put a story together that is unrelated or somewhat unrelated to your business, but you could tie your business into it somehow. And then you've got some opportunities to either uh, brand your, your business or to capture some leads. If, if there's something in there that somebody looks at and says, God, I got to talk to these people or go visit their store. Right. And I always, uh, another thing that just came to mind was I'm always telling clients to seek out local media and don't use a service like us for the, uh, you know, in, uh, for every company, there's probably less than 10 people in your local area that could or would write about you. Uh, and it may be a local newspaper, a local business paper, uh, maybe even a minor paper and online presence, and then uh, TV and radio if they you know, might cover spotlight, you know, segments might spotlight a particular business or something like that. And once you've figured out who it is, you just reach out to them and ask for an email address and everyone will give you one. And for radio and TV, you're looking for a producer or a booker, not the actual writer. And uh, just introduce yourself and, you know, uh, you don't even have to write a press release. Just say, this is what I've got going on that I feel is kind of newsworthy and I'd love to share with you. And just stay on their radar three to four times a year or as you have what you feel are, you know, newsworthy milestones. And it's, it's easy to get local media and build a relationship. Uh, if you see something that's trending in your industry, you might just want to point it out to the media uh, without even plugging you per se. And the more you become a, a valuable resource for them, the more they're going to appreciate it and remember it next time you do, uh, you know, you are plugging something that you want them to cover. Excellent. Okay. With that, uh, where can people find you or if they want to work with you, tell them what to do. 
Okay. Well, uh, just go to eReleases.com. We have all of our social media on the lower right, but um, you can chat with one of the editors there. You can also call. Uh, We don't have any salespeople. The only people you're going to talk to are editors who can look at your release, uh, give you some analysis or insights if you just want to have them uh, review it for you, or you want to just talk and discuss uh, that. Uh, If you are interested in strategy and building a PR campaign, I, I put together a free masterclass on just strategy uh, and it's at ereleases.com slash plan, P-L-A-N. And uh, I guarantee that if it's uh, like an hour long video, if you watch it, you will probably know more than 80% of the PR firms that we have that come through and use our service. Uh, the Like I said before, a lot of the releases that we do aren't strategic. They're not newsworthy and, you know, they're really nothing's happening as a result of it. Um, the 20% of my customers who do know what they're doing are, are you know, are, are, are crushing it. You know, it's like the 80-20 rule uh, and, and they're doing really well and they continue to do really well. And I'm just here to say that press releases do work. They continue to work. Uh, and, you know, the, the, the landscape is changing and sometimes you'll find that, uh, you know, an infographic that you sent out in a press release will go you know, viral on Instagram or something like that or Pinterest. And so it's not always the same uh, publications that it used to be, uh, but people are trending and getting a lot of mileage out of uh, PR. All right. With that, uh, excellent service. Sounds like something everyone should check out and they will write your press release if you want somebody to do it for you. So with that, Mickey, I appreciate it. And uh, look forward to learning more about your service. I think I'm going to get a bit shot. Thank you.